Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we interview women executives, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you're listening to the Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well-being. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Take time for myself by coming to things like Well Woman Drinks. To be accepting of myself no matter what. Step away from judgment as much as possible. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I don't regret anything. Everything I've ever done, I've learned from it, one way or another, good or bad. Being a little bit selfish for yourself, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first and then give what's left. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hi, Giovanna Rossi here, and welcome to another episode of The Well Woman Show, where I interview women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs about their lives and their road to becoming and being who they are today. Do you ever find yourself overwhelmed with your responsibilities, and it seems like you'll never get it all done? Well, you're not alone. We all need to remember to use our superpowers, the ones we already have but don't use all the time and take advice and wisdom from one another. Towards the end of the show, in a segment called Superpowers for Success, I ask my guest about her superpowers, and the answers will give you the strength, perspective, and power to keep on being the well woman you are. I'm so happy you're here, so thanks for tuning in. The Well Woman Show is sponsored by Better Money Decisions, headed by two awesome women, Kate and Lorraine, who put your interests first when it comes to your money. They make sure your plan and your investments are tailored just for you. No financial jargon, no Wall Street double talk. Go to bettermoneydecisions.com slash wellwoman to get their new book for free. Today's topic is how to understand your emotions through your body with Bia Doyle. And hopefully by the end of the show, you'll be inspired to listen to your body, incorporate body awareness practices into your routine, and try to be patient with yourself when you're feeling stuck. You can get the freebie this week at wellwomanlife.com slash 061 show. My guest today is Bia Doyle. Bia is a yoga teacher, yoga therapy instructor, and practitioner, and a former business owner. Bia began practicing yoga in the 80s as she began her career as a math teacher. After years of finding community, purpose, and connection in yoga, she decided to open Bhava Yoga Studio. Currently, Bia sees clients privately and has created a yoga therapy curriculum called Body of Bliss. In this episode, Bia and I talk about her journey to yoga and business ownership, how you can use yoga therapy to connect to your emotions through your body, and how she's able to find balance in all that she does. The free giveaway today is Bia's five poses for feeling good in your back. I really like this giveaway because so many of us have back issues and these tips can help you deal with those issues. Or if you don't have any issues currently, you can prevent them. So definitely check it out at wellwomanlife.com slash 061 show. Before we go to the interview, I want to let you know that part two of my show about visioning and goal setting will be coming up in a couple of weeks. You won't want to miss it. I'll be giving away a free multiple page worksheet to get clear on your goals and create a plan. And remember, just because we're in... Uh, April doesn't mean that you can't accomplish your goals this year. And no matter when you listen to this show, if it's not in April when it was published, um, any time during the year is a good time to revisit your goals, your vision, and set some uh, 
set some goals for yourself. So definitely check that out. And the best way to be sure you get all the goodness from this show is to subscribe to the show in iTunes. That way you automatically get the show to your phone uh, every Wednesday when it comes out. Now to my interview with Bia. Welcome to the program, Bia. Thank you, Giovanna. So looking forward to being here. Great. Um, I'm excited to have you on. You know, I we first met um, a, a long time ago. I took some yoga classes with you, I think, when you still had Baba Yoga Studio. So mm-hmm. um, it's very exciting to reconnect and to have you on the show. So, Bia, tell me, what are you working on right now and how does it impact women's lives and well-being? Well, I've been working therapeutically with yoga and... Um, For me, and I think for any woman, it's an approach that just really helps us to connect both with what's going on inside and also with our bodies, just so that we can live really well in our bodies. So it's um, mostly about how am I feeling? What can I do to address how I'm feeling, be it physically, spiritually, emotionally? And that's where I'm spending most of my time working one-on-one with clients and also teaching uh, yoga therapy. Oh, okay. So, Bia, I want to ask you about the yoga therapy, but I just want to back up and um, dig into a little bit of what you said in your opening um, just now. And that is, um, you know, on the Well Woman Show, we often talk about uh, the the whole woman, right? So mind, body. Um, spirituality, emotion, and, and everything combined. So um, for me, I think that if in order to be who we want to be out in the world externally, we really mm-hmm. have to look inward first and foremost and take care of um, our own mind and body health. Can you speak to that in terms of your own yoga training? Well, I think um, in terms of yoga, you know, my training has been with the physical practice of Hatha yoga. And so really the physical body is sort of the gateway into the inner landscape. Um, And when we, it, it goes both ways. What we're feeling emotionally is expressed through our bodies, how we feel physically. And likewise, what we give to the body, when we move it through space, when we breathe, we start to find a sense of inner calm. We develop a deeper sense of self-awareness. So we actually can feel a connection between what's going on in our mind and how it's expressed in our body. And so for my training, my practice, there becomes this real union of what's happening inside and outside. And, you know, I think it's commonly known that yoga does mean union. And it's speaking of this union between our feelings, our emotions, our spiritual sense of self, and then how we're feeling physically in the body. I think the practice of Hatha Yoga is a physical practice where we move our body in various postures. You know, they can build strength and flexibility, but there's a deeper inner connection or what I think of as self-awareness in the body. So we start to begin to understand how our sense of self, our spiritual nature, our emotional nature affects what's going on in our physical body. And likewise, the idea behind yoga is that we 
put ourselves in these postures, we move through space, and it starts to also affect the inner landscape. It goes both ways. But the foundational aspect of yoga for really living well in our bodies is this self-awareness practice that's part and parcel of it. Mm. So really, the physical body is like the gateway in. Yeah. And um, Bia, you also now have... Uh, ventured into yoga therapy. So what is yoga therapy and who, who needs yoga therapy? Well, the field is, is both deep and broad, and it brings in modalities from Ayurveda, the, the science, the medical science of India that uses herbs and lifestyle counseling, um, meditation practices, body therapy that comes directly through yoga's lens. Um, so it's a broad field, um, breathing practices, and even Eastern thought are part and parcel of yoga therapy. Um, I primarily work with both the inner and outer landscape, the physical body, and people come to me who are experiencing pain or have movement patterns that have really diminished. You know, I can't lift my arm anymore. My back hurts all the time. And so I work mostly with breath, posture, and movement um, in my practice. Mm. Okay, and so if we focus on the mind and do some of these practices, we can actually impact our physical body. Yes, definitely. In fact, I think the the self-awareness is what helps impact the physical body where we, you know, in um, the ways in which it works is that the client or the yoga student or patient is very much involved in the therapy. So it's not a come and you do this to me type therapy, but a lot of how can I work with you? How can you understand how movement moves in your body to empower you to feel better? Hmm. And when you say therapy, it, there's not no talking, right? It's it's all no. It's body. it's more in line of the manual therapies, the physical therapies, OT. Mm-hmm. So that kind of body therapy where we're working with realigning movement, looking at posture, and restoring back to healthy function in the body. Okay, and Bia, you mentioned self awareness a couple of times. Mm-hmm. What, what is self awareness? Well, it's um, really connecting. You know, some of the terminology we use today is is something like body mapping. And when you uh, can put your awareness or visualize or imagine how energy moves through the body and then what the effect of that is in the body. So an example could be um, just working with a client today. Can you close your eyes and feel the breath as it moves through your body. There's a physical breath, but there's also an energetic movement through your body. So there's some of this connecting how the awareness, your mind is involved in moving with the body. There's a consciousness to it versus a a mind, um, sort of checked out mind to movement. Hmm. Okay. And how does this help us when we're out in the world and not so in our bodies? (laughs) <laughs> I think through the practices where we have very conscious movement, that over time it, we, we develop our stamina really to be really consciously aware of how we are 
interacting with the world. It's a practice. And over time, we build that muscle of staying centered, even when there's a lot being asked of us in our day-to-day lives. So we're making conscious decisions. We're moving mindfully through our day. And this is what comes from the practice of yoga and building the self-awareness. Okay. And Bia, can you talk about your journey to finding and mastering yoga for your own life? Because I know you were a math teacher at one point. That is (laughs) so very different. (laughs) Yes, it's, um, yeah, definitely different. I I began practicing yoga back in 1983, right alongside with being a math teacher. And, you know, pretty immediately, um, I have somewhat of a self-reflective personality. I'm more introverted. So it really resonated with me to have this practice where I was conscious of movement. But um, all along, it helped me just stay centered in myself. It, 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 It grabbed me from an early age. And in my high schools, I taught in two different schools. I started yoga programs. So it's been a a thread through my life, along with other ventures that I've had. Um, So, uh, you know, I finally took a leap to be a yoga teacher full time. Um, I, I think... You know, I don't know if you want me to compare the math mind is is it's a thinking logical mind, but there's a lot of creativity involved with it as well. And um, a lot of reflection. Mm -hmm. So some of it was I wanted to I've always physically um, I always loved physical activity. So it was a great connection to be reflective through movement. I think that's why you grabbed me. And then also just to help with the emotional sense of staying centered um, was was so helpful as well. Um, so my journey was part and parcel with my life until um, I've always been a teacher and it made good sense for me to uh, become a yoga teacher full time. So I took the leap from math teaching to that. Uh, but I think, you know, as in the yoga world, it's called your dharma, your purpose. My purpose is to teach. And it started out in a more conventional way. And as yoga grew to be so uh, foundational to who I was and how I moved in the world, I wanted to teach that. Okay, but you didn't just teach. You actually started your own business. That's right. Well, I started as a yoga teacher, um, a full-time yoga teacher at another studio, and um, it became apparent for me. I think for anyone in business, if you can't do all that you want to do where you are, you you start your own business. And I opened uh, Bhava in 2005, and uh, I... Yeah, I th- I'm sure that my business sense came from the fact that I had a math mind. I understood the numbers, mm-hmm. and that was very helpful um, in the whole business sense of things. And I got to be the teacher that I think is part of my purpose here in life. And I got to teach this modality that had served me so well and wanted to really share that with others. Um, and so it all came together. In fact, the work I do today is a culmination of all that I've done in the business world and yoga world, um, I think. Now, were you able to balance your having a business, you know, becoming a yoga teacher, starting a business? Were you able to balance that with your own personal life and your personal (laughs) needs as a woman? You know, it was challenging, um, I think, because of 
a small business is demanding as anyone who has a small business. Um, but what really fed me was the community that built uh, around and in and as part of the yoga studio. And so I had a family of yogis. I had friends, a community that really supported me um, ongoing. And it became both a give and a take um, for me with the business. So I, I gained so much from the friendships, the community, and just just seeing someone leave class feeling better than how they came fed me immensely. That was my whole purpose, my whole intent for uh, sharing yoga with others. Mm. Okay. And, you know, I often talk to women about self-care and really putting themselves first and uh, prioritizing their those things that they really love to do for their mind and body. And one of those things is often yoga. So considering that you probably do yoga every day, what else do you need to do in your life uh, to take care of yourself? If it's, you know, in addition to yoga or is it just yoga? Well, to take care of myself, and you know, I don't do yoga every day. I just want to to say that because I don't want people to feel like they have to. Uh, when I do do yoga, it's a very personal practice of what do I need to take care of my body, so it doesn't look like a yoga class in particular. Um, but the other things I do is I love to walk with my dog. I have a partner I spend time with and um, building a life with. And I'm an avid reader, studier. I love to be a student myself. Uh, so my exercise is basically yoga, walking, hiking, um, those kinds of things. I meditate almost daily, uh, take some time for self-reflection and um, I nurture myself, um, you know, having more of an introverted personality, I, I nurture myself with time for myself um, and I find I can become very absorbed in what I'm doing and that is very nutritive for me. Mm. Okay, so can you take us back to the 80s when you discovered that you loved yoga? What was going on in your life and how did you find what what was satisfying to you? Um, you know, I think uh, many people come to yoga because of uh, they have a need for helping themselves through something that's emotional or physical or stress related. And for me, it was you know, I was in my late 20s and it was a, a bit of a challenging time in my life where things just weren't working out how I wanted to. And I lived in a small town in northern New England and there were no yoga studios, but they had this great bookstore. And I loved, I would go there and just walk them up and down the aisles. And I found the book on a Hatha yoga practice. And that was my introduction and it was Richard Heidelman's 27-day yoga practice. And I learned that a lot of people who didn't have studios started their yoga practice this way in the early 80s. Mm. Um, and so it worked for me. I had a little practice I did each day, followed by uh, a meditation. And I began to uh, just be more engaged in my life. Everything that I did, I was a big skier and cyclist at the time. Um, I felt better in my body. I had more confidence. It just was a, a true connection with 
myself and empowering myself through the practice. Okay, I find this so fascinating, because I speak to women all the time who have had these moments of connection, mm-hmm. where somehow you are ready in in mind and body to accept the thing that appears to you, which was the book, you know, in the aisle. And you know, who knows how many times you walked up and down those aisles in that bookstore, but it was that day that you found that book. And I think that that happens a lot with women. Um, what do you think needed to be in place for you to receive that that day? What needed to be in place for me? Like, how is it that that happened at that time? Yeah. I think I was in a place where I was searching for answers and I, that book was the, uh, the talisman of looking inside. And I just think that's the root of finding answers. We have to know ourselves very deeply and then we can move through our lives. I just think I was at that bottom of who am I? How do I be in the world? You know, the bigger, more existential questions and uh, for me, that was for looking inside. And this was the book that helped me to do that. Mm. Begin that process. What was that? I said to begin the process of looking yeah. inside. Yeah. So, you know, on the Well Woman show, we're, and, and just in, in general with the Well Woman community, we're, we're talking with women all the time who are on that journey of, of mm. looking deeply inside. I wonder, though, from your perspective and your experience, why does it take some people longer than others to get to that point? Hmm. I, I don't know. You know, in the yoga tradition, it says when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I just think that we all have a path that we're on and we're in different places on the path. It's um, I have a, a spiritual teacher who would, it's, who would always say we're all on the same path going towards the same goal and we're in different places on the path and it doesn't matter. It's just where we are. It's the timing of what's in our, the greater plan for us. I mean, I have a belief in that. So I just think when we're ready, the teaching appears. I love that. Yes, I totally agree. I love that. Um, Bia, for people who are listening, you know, I've had several guests refer to having a spiritual teacher. What does that mean? And what, how does someone find a spiritual teacher if they wanted one? You know, um, after I moved to Albuquerque, um, I found that I was just wanting to find some kind of meditation group. I don't know where that came from. But, you know, prior to that, I was living in a small town in northern New Hampshire and doing all this on my own. And when I came to Albuquerque, I saw yoga studios and, and I just started to have this need for um, finding a community of seekers, um, I guess. And I remember just going to different meditation centers, Buddhist centers and reading magazines and trying to find my place. Um, and I went to a center and met someone as it was actually a funny situation. I had been reading um, some books by a particular spiritual teacher. It's a city yoga tradition and teaching a class 
um, oh, I went to take a class um, and the teacher didn't show up. And I was also teaching at the studio, but I went to take a class. And so I, I just stepped up and taught the class for the students. And I used a theme that was from this book that I had read, a spiritual theme about the, uh, what was it? It was uh, the hub of all sacred places resides in the heart. And I built the class around uh, this theme. And afterwards, several people came up to me after class and they said, you should come to our meditation center. And I said, well, what's your meditation center? And it was the center of the same teacher, the same practice, the same lineage. And that's how I made my connection. I was reading the book. <laughs> I had this chance occurrence. The teacher didn't show up. So I stood up to teach the class and there were devotees in there. And I was using this teaching from their teacher. And that's how I found mine. Um, again, I was just led there after having this period of seeking, um, of finding a community of, of people interested in meditation. I didn't know about all the lineages at that time. I was just reading about it. Um, and then I found my place. Isn't that beautiful how those things work? It was amazing to me, yes. Well, and I just want to call out because we recently did a whole session, a deep dive workshop on vision, visioning and vision boarding. And, you know, we really kind of talked about this myth of like, yeah, just put it on your vision board and then it's going to happen. Um, you know, it, it really is about like, um, taking the opportunities when they present themselves and stepping into the leadership, you know, being, mm -hmm. the, being a leader in your life. Um, and so what you did that day was when there was, when the teacher didn't show up, you didn't just sit around and say, well, I guess we're not going to have class. You stepped into the leadership mm -hmm. and, and stepped into that and, and took that, uh, opportunity. And so I think that's really important for listeners and for all of us to remember that it these things don't just happen. It wasn't just luck, like, oh, yes. you're, so, you're so lucky that happened. No, it's you were aware of yeah. what you were being called to do, and you responded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like the thing to do. I was a teacher, there were students there, as an opportunity and I, I did this stepped up yeah and look what came out of it it was amazing oh my god years and years of uh of your business and now your your new business which is your yoga therapy uh, right. business which I actually wanted to ask you so um on the show today for the listeners we're going to have a free giveaway from Bia Doyle on um yoga and Bia, can you just tell us about what people are going to be able to receive? Yeah, it's um, it's my five favorite poses to do to help relieve tension in the back. And I think back issues are the number one of the number one issues of pain today. And so in thinking about this, there are some basic postures you can do that are accessible to everybody and they can just uh, help us let go a little bit of the holding we get there from all the sitting we have to do or if you're someone who has to stand. Um, posture is changing hugely because of all of the computer and devices we're working on and sitting. And so this is some of the get your posture back in shape type poses I like to do. 
They can be done first thing in the morning. You can pick a pose you really like and do it in response to pain or tension you have in your back in the middle of your day. Um, I have a client who's a dentist and he goes in his office between patients and does one pose because it helps him feel really good. And or you can these are five poses you can do at the end of your day before sleep. So I think it's um, something that uh, can work for for everybody and you get to pick and choose uh, what feels really good for you here. Okay. And so when you do a pose, how long do you have to do it for? Well, um, I generally give instructions based on the breath. And um, so this first pose you might hold for three to five to seven breaths, and then you can repeat it one or two times. So this is really about coming back into your body after a busy day and connecting with your breath and feeling some of the muscles let go, release that are holding tension. And that's generally what I do. It's um, sometimes we do some timings for 30 seconds. You'll see on the ha- on the handout, I, I have suggestions for how long to hold it. But generally, it's about uh, being with your breath as you move in your body and uh, checking in with what's going on. Okay. And listeners can go to wellwomanlife.com slash 060 show for the handout. And Bia, I wanted to ask you, can you walk us through, you know, just very briefly, something that we can do, we we could even do it now, um, if it's, you know, sort of short, but something that people can do sort of I'm sort of thinking like in the middle of your day when you're busy, you're at the office or you're, you know, running your errands, you're busy in your life and something happens that kind of throws you off. You get a nasty email from a coworker or someone cuts you off in traffic or, you know, any number of things that can really derail us from our really good, loving intentions for the day. What's what do you recommend? Is there something like quick that we can sort of do to? Well, what I would suggest is when we get thrown off our center, immediately the breath changes. And so to go in that way, if you can stop and pause and breathe down into your belly, this is very calming for the central nervous system. And um, you breathe into your belly and up a little bit into the rib cage and allow, you know, inhale into that area and then just allow it to release. And if you can take 30 seconds and do that, it can really center or recenter you again. So you're operating from more of a mind body heart connection versus from a reaction of the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when these things happen, if you pay attention, you'll see that your breath changes. It becomes more shallow. It becomes quicker. And so we try to counter that with some belly breathing. I would suggest that. Mm, That's a great suggestion. I love that. And anybody can do that in a really short amount of time. Anytime, anywhere. Yeah. You don't need a yoga mat. You don't need privacy. You can literally do it. That's right. You know, on the subway or on a bus or in your car. And the other piece is to bring your awareness to it. As you inhale, can you follow your breath down to your belly? And as you exhale, can you follow its path through and out through the mouth? So there's this imagination awareness piece of the breathing. And this really connects the mind with the body to do that as well. Mm, I love that. I was recently at a conference where there was a very powerful speaker and actually I interviewed her and she's going to be on the show soon. But 
at the end of her talk, she came off stage and she was had a lot of people come up to her to talk to her. And I heard her say, I need to sit down. I'm really out of my body right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's what? what mm-hmm. Yeah. What What would you say to that? That comment? Uh, yeah. Just like that, that feeling of I'm really out of my body. Well, my take on that, and I can imagine myself being in that kind of position where there's, I've had too much that's pulled me away from staying connected inside. Um, And, you know, if she was a powerful speaker, she could have been giving a lot. And then a lot of people had more that they wanted from her. Maybe she was done. I don't know. But um, out of body experience, she had lost touch with her breath is the most fundamental thing, I would guess and not feeling connected to what's going on. She didn't feel centered. But I feel like sometimes we have to kind of go out of our body to almost perform, right? But then it's important to come back in. Mm -hmm. I I, I sure, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I sure hope we don't have to go out of our body. Like, why can't we stay connected and perform? Mm you know, stay connected to our deepest sense of self. You know, this is a, 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 some, a statement I'm making that takes some pondering yeah. you know, or something I would want to keep in the forefront of my mind. Um, in the yoga tradition, it's called your samkalpa, your intention, uh, what you keep in the forefront of your mind, not that you're always there. Mm. But I think we have a lot to offer when we can stay connected when we're public speaking. Not that we can always do it, but, you know, congratulations to the speaker who recognized it, was aware of the moment, and she actually did something to bring herself back. Yeah, and she created a boundary, you know. She didn't just yeah. let herself become more and more depleted. She, she said, hold on, wait, I need to sit down. I need to not basically she was like, I need, I need to not be talking to you all right now. Yeah. Um, I've given what I can. mm -hmm. Uh And now I need to replenish some. Yeah. It's, I find that um, there's a give and take always, but there's, um, I find that when I teach that I, I gain a lot when there's there's flow, there's both give and take so that I could teach for hours in a day, but I'm not depleted. But then there are times when more, is there, you know, the balance is off and I'm more depleted. So it just depends on uh, the situation, the group and how things have flowed too. Yeah. So you can get up. When, when is that balance off? Is it dependent on sort of like, the interactions of the people in the room for you? It can be, but also it's, you know, it's sometimes our own minds get going where we have these messages inside saying that we're not good enough. We're not doing the right thing. And then we sort of read this in the students in the room when maybe it's not what they're going through at all. Mm. I mean, I've had several times when I just thought that was, you know, what was that class about? And I'd have students come up afterwards and say, Oh my God, it's felt like you taught that class just for me. 
you know, so we don't know the experience of our students always or the people we're speaking to if we're in front of a group, but it's about what our own mind is doing. And so the more we can stay solid in our intent <laughs> and keep breathing and trust that your best self is coming forward, then I think we don't get depleted. And I think it's really an, you know, an inside job. Yeah, I love it. It's an inside job. <laughs> I mean, there are people in the crowd who are confrontational, but I've had that situation where people are confrontational in trainings. And like, if I can come from my place of power and sense of self, it's not depleting. Mm-hmm. But if I start to doubt myself, question, there it goes. That's where the energy leaves. Yes. That's you, you nailed it right there. You know, I'd love to do a whole show on public speaking and mm-hmm. um, to take this even further in, and do a whole thing about, you know, how we connect when we're speaking in public. Um, so, Bia, we're going into our segment called Superpowers for Success. And so I want to ask you a few questions here. We've covered a lot already, but I do want to ask you a few quick questions Okay. The first one is, what does success in life mean for you? Success in life um, means uh, when my, the deepest desires of my heart are what I'm experiencing in my life. When there's a real connection there, that's success for me. Be it in relationship, in my work, in my time with myself. I, I, I think that's success. Okay. And when did you know you were really good at what you do? <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, I feel like I, I'm in that place when I am absorbed in the work And the more I can do that, I just know it's my best offering. And I've had a lot reflected back to me of uh, my ability there. I have doubts and then I read testimonials or emails that people have sent me. But I have to say that um, I'm doing my best. I know that I'm really good at what I'm doing when I'm in that flow, in that place of self-absorption. I've been fortunate to be have been successful as well. I love that. I'm going to actually call that out for listeners um, and for for me and for anybody. But this idea that when you uh, feel those, the inner talk, the, the talking, the inner, you know, negative negativity and uh, doubting yourself and that kind of thing creep up. Um, it's a great, great idea to just pull out a couple of your testimonials <laughs> and, yeah, and read them. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, we need reminders. We need reflection back of who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if even if you don't have testimonials, you know, whenever you get a positive like email mm-hmm. from someone, just kind of stash it. Stat, have a couple of those on hand. That's that's great. Yeah. Great idea. You've got to do it. <laughs> One of the top issues women tell me they struggle with is finances, which is why I want you to call my friends at Better Money Decisions. The company is owned by women, Lorraine L. and Kate Stalter, and they make sure your plan and your investments are tailored just for you. 
They're fiduciaries and put your interests first. No financial jargon, no Wall Street double talk. Also, they have a gift for Well Woman Show listeners, their free book, Don't Let Your Money Kick the Bucket Before You Do. And it's all about the need to manage your money for a long life expectancy. You can download the entire book at bettermoneydecisions.com slash wellwoman. And you'll also get a free portfolio diagnostic so you can tell if your investments are right for you. Just go to bettermoneydecisions.com slash wellwoman. So Bia, what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Oh, um, well, I think it's that I'm unstoppable. Um, We all have obstacles along the way that seem to prevent us from doing what we want to do or achieving or being successful. I've been fearful of taking leaps and risks, um, but I I see that uh, I have fears. I've had obstacles, but it doesn't stop me. And I, I just, when looking back on my life, I've been that way. Um, nothing has stopped me from trying to move forward with what I know I need to do. So that feeling of being unstoppable, is that because you're connected to your purpose? I, I think so. Um, you know, it was interesting when I left my teaching job, I actually have people say, you can't do that. <laughs> and it's, when I hear those statements, it's it's like empowers me to do it. It connects me even deeper to what I really want to do and need to do in my life. Um, so I, I do think it is a connection to my purpose. Uh, my purpose in this world is as teacher, as being involved with helping people feel the best they can feel. Um, and that's when I can reconnect to that. I do find that I'm, I'm unstoppable. Yeah. Nice. I love it. What advice would you give your 25 year old self? My 25 year old self. <laughs> um, uh, I think it, you know, it helps me to this day. I think it would help me as a 25 year old to trust and put your best self forward, offer yourself and trust. Um, yeah. How do you do that when you're so afraid though, when you're 25? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, uh, there's so much to gain from, uh, really connecting with what you want to do and uh, being on your path. Um, There will always be things that cause us to pause that we're fearful about. But if you can be clear, find the clarity, um, you can keep moving forward. There's always going to be things. At my age now, I still have things that frighten me. But you have to have clarity of purpose. Mm. to keep moving forward. Yes. Bia, do you identify as a feminist? Um, I think I've always identified or fought for uh, my voice as a woman. And even as a young child, I was the youngest. I grew up in a very loud family, Italian family, but I'm an introvert. <laughs> and so I was always fighting uh, to be heard. But uh, yeah, I feel very deeply, I think 
part of my purpose. I have always uh, lended a hand, stepped up, was supportive of women in need. Um, I've always have been supported in that way. And I think that's just out of this need for uh, having women be strong as we are. Okay. And last question for you. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? <laughs> I'm reading a book right now on my nightstand that's called Alignment Matters. Oh, <laughs> and okay. It's a collection of, of essays on the physical body and how, uh, how important it is to uh, connect both somatically or energetically with the physical body. So that's um, actually what I'm reading now. I read a lot of literature related to my, to my work. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Bia, it's been such a pleasure talking to you and uh, really going deep on some of these topics. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Giovanna, for the opportunity. I really loved uh, how you drew me out and in. So thank you so much. That's it for our show today. I've been speaking with Bia Doyle. Bia is a yoga teacher, yoga therapy instructor, and practitioner, and former business owner. Bia sees cli- uh, clients privately and has created a yoga therapy curriculum called Body of Bliss. Bia and I spoke about how she was able to transition careers, how she knew that pursuing yoga, teaching, and therapy was the right path for her, and how she finds balance in work, life, and family. You can get the freebie this week. Five poses for feeling good in your back at wellwomanlife.com slash 061 show. Our monthly live event, Well Woman Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. If you'd like to attend a Well Woman Drinks near you, or if there isn't one in your city yet and you'd like to start one, email me at info at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. You can also continue the conversation in the Well Woman Life community group at wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.